Early in 2020, the world came to a screeching halt. Whole states went into lockdown. International travel was stopped. Everyone was told to go home and isolate in an attempt to slow the viral spread. Even the slightest sign of illness caused panic and paranoia. And even when solutions were proposed and created, the journey out of the pandemic was a slow and grueling one. For the most part, we are now living in a post-pandemic America. But it is not the same America. There are few places in American life that have not been changed because of the pandemic. From politics to education, business to employment, changes were made that make getting back to normal impossible. And we're still trying to figure out what the new normal is. In this episode, we ask, how did the world respond to the COVID-19 pandemic? Did it unite or divide us? How has the pandemic and the things that came as a result of it affected the way we view humanity and human worth? All that and more on this edition of the podcast. We're a forum for discussion on the issues that are ruminating in the minds of churchgoers, but that are often not raised from the pulpit. Too long has the church shied away from grappling with tough questions and nuanced issues. We're your hosts. I'm Riker Zalameda. I'm Lucas Manning. Welcome to Questions from the Pew, where faith and culture meet. Five. New series, new us. Oof, let's go. Wow. I think that's how that works. How are you, Riker? Doing, we're doing okay. We had a little yeah. bit of a few days of, of cold and freezing rain over here in, in sunny wow. Texas. Yes, everyone has lost their minds. Yeah. The I don't sky think, is falling. I've not stepped out of my house, I think, this whole week. Wow, that's incredible. We're on, what day is it? Thursday. Yeah. Whew. February 2nd, Groundhog's yeah. Day. Go out and Thursday. Uh, and make sure that you see your sh- shadow or something. Did that already happen? supposed to happen. I think it already happened, right? Yeah, I think it happens in the early, early morning in Puxatawney, Pennsylvania. Just want to congratulate all the groundhogs <laughs> and all the hard work that they've put in all, all this year. This wouldn't have been possible you know? without you. <laughs> without them, yeah. Can't forget them on this <laughs> hallowed day. They're the real MVPs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Awesome. Well, shall we set up the old new series? Yeah, let's set it up. Yeah, we're starting a new series. Uh, I think, unless unless we come up with something more creative by the time that you know this first episode releases, I think we're going to go yes. with uh, post-pandemic America as uh, as the series yeah. title. Yeah, I mean, it obviously had just a big effect on literally everything, which is mm-hmm. kind of what we said in the intro. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, th- yeah the, the at least maybe the approach that we're taking or that maybe I'm taking is not so much, you know, a play-by-play of what happened, you know, in the middle of the pandemic or, um, or you know, assigning judgment um, to sure. the things that went down, but just... In the realm of, okay, we're here now, we're, you know, at the tail end of it, 
what does our world look like? What does our society look like yeah. now in light of what totally. we've been through? Yeah, just reflecting on what has happened. Yeah. And where we are now that differs. And maybe even in some cases, maybe it's an advantage. Hmm. I sure like working from home. <laughs> Anywho. Yeah, well, that sounds good. Um, shall we uh, move on to the first question? Yeah, let's uh, fire off question number one. How did the world respond to the pandemic? Wow. Wow. What a loaded question. <laughs> yeah. After we just said totally. that we're, like, we're not going to assign value. Gonna... But... <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe I'll assign value. I don't know. But I think it's helpful contextualization for the conversation moving yes. forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, it was an interesting position that we were in, or maybe still are in at this point, where it was... And once again, I have a short life that I've lived here on planet Earth and, um, you know, the United States of America Mm. specifically. But it had seemed like maybe the most charged and divisive years, Mm. like politically, but also it seemed like politics was the lens, which we've talked about this in other podcasts, was the lens which everyone saw everything through. Mm -hmm. So then the divisiveness of the politics just transferred into every area of life. (laughs) Mm-hmm. which is was and is probably not a great place to be yeah. in our country. Um, and I could, yeah, I could I mean, be wrong. I, I think that might be a um, a uniquely American sort of thing where politics is so, in, um, sure. I don't want to say invasive, but it permeates so many different aspects of life that, like you said, it sure. becomes the lens through which we view all these different other aspects of, yeah, of totally. society and, and culture. Well, I definitely know, and I guess, yeah, maybe this is like, you know, privilege or whatever, but I do know like American politics is at the center stage of the world's attention because it determines so, like for instance, mm-hmm. Canada, Canadians know more about my politics than I know, you know, <laughs> like they're talking to me about these people and it's like, I think I know who that is, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, this random <laughs> senator or whatever. Uh Whereas obviously Canadian politics probably have less of an impact on my life than American right. politics do on their lives. Right. Um, so yeah, it's it's just an interesting situation that we find ourselves in. Um, but yeah, hmm. yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, I know in other countries there are like not. I, I don't know the situation of every country, but I know like other European countries have like more diverse party lines so like they uh i think in our conversation with michael o emerson he was talking about a european country that had like six or seven parties and they they have to in order to get anything done like two parties have to work together on something they agree with you know what i mean i think yeah somewhere in scandinavia or something yeah yeah um and so yeah and not to say that politics aren't divisive in other places because i'm I, i mean i know there's like sometimes rioting and other things although we've had rioting in this country <laughs> on the steps of the capital. Anyway, I'm just saying, like, I think there's division in other countries, but also there might also be less division. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. I just don't know what the situation is. Yeah. Um, I just know that our politics, a lot of 
people around the world have a lot of stakes in them, uh, maybe more than like other you know other countries. Yeah. And not to say that we're important or you know I'm not trying to America first or anything like that. But it's just like the facts are. America has a a big like stage on the world. Yeah. We cause you know, play. Yeah. What happens here causes bigger ripples, you know, yes. across the pond than right. the politics of a, another country would. Right, right. Anyway, all that to say, so we were in a, a weird place to begin with in 2020. And then, uh, yeah, you'd think, you know, what better than to unite everyone? Just a nice, nice common enemy that even the even better thing is the enemy isn't even other humans <laughs> you know it's an a personal enemy that we can all get on board with attacking which seemed like it was a perfect thing you know world war two world war one let's get us out of these you know depressions i guess more world war two got us out of the great depression you know something to lift us out something to focus our energy on that just didn't didn't turn out that way. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It's, the question for me is like, did it unite or divide us? That's I don't know. Sure. And I think overall it did more so divide us uh, than unite us. I think unity. I mean, there were like instances of unity, but those came in pockets, right? Sure. So like this, like people became more entrenched in the, their particular camps. Literally. Whether it was their political camp, their religious camp, or as it was in America, which is, again, I think a very uniquely American thing, the mer- the mixing, the merging of the two, you know, politico-religious camps, yeah. um, people became more entrenched in those. And so in those pockets, yeah, there was a lot more unity and that sure. the, the pandemic caused. Um, but because those, um, those, you know, areas became more unified... It didn't do really much to unify the, wider the country as a whole or, yeah, American society as a whole, sadly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's – I agree. Yeah, just it just pushed people further into echo chambers or, you know, mm-hmm. what they already believed. Which not to say you can't have strong convictions. That's great. Um, but also – like healthy dialogue with people, which we talked about this in our our uh, questions and doubt series um, that we just released before this one, is like you know having a, a healthy dialogue with someone you disagree with is actually, at least for me, it's one of the most enlightening times. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's very helpful for me. Um, so yeah, yeah. It's just honestly, it still baffles me to this day that like like somehow a common enemy did not unite at least like obviously when like a nation unites i don't know if it means like yay we now agree on everything Mm -hmm. but it's like oh there's bigger fish to fry we got to set aside some of these things to make sure that we get through you know this hardship or whatever it is but i don't know like for whatever reason we didn't set aside any of those small fish to address the Mm -hmm. big fish um yeah, I don't know. Which is, yeah, I mean, that's, that's sad, the, um, I, I guess I answer more so from the an American context, right? But I think even globally, which is how we framed this initial question, like how do the world respond? I think globally sure. as well, you can see that same kind of um, yeah. division. Um, 
I wonder Especially if it's pushed by, like we said, American mm-hmm. politics. Right. That might be part of it. But yeah. go ahead. I just felt like there was, a, at least politically, there was a lot of um, um, blaming. Um, and not to say that, you know, it was, um, you know, the, the quote-unquote truth or reality of what happened didn't need to be, you know, looked into. Um, yeah. But I think in the middle of, especially with, with it being so early on, I think so much of the focus was on that as opposed to trying to get past what was happening to begin with. Um, sure. Wait, what is that? Sorry, I missed it. Like the whole like um, search for uh, the origins of the virus. Was it? Oh. Um, was sure. it accidental? Was it, you know, on purpose? All those different kinds of questions that, again, those sure. are different camps. Yeah, I guess you can map the whole unity in pockets kind of schema sure. on 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 a global scale as well. But like people became entrenched in those camps, um, sure, as well. And so, I think politically there was a lot of um, division, and it made like interactions between um, between yeah you know nations a little bit more um, yeah yeah a little bit more. I see a little bit more tense. Yeah. And even like individuals, because I, I mean, obviously like the, I mean, in the beginning, nobody knew it was happening. I remember when it was like 21 days, 21 <laughs> days of, uh, what's it called? <laughs> hanging out in your house. Lower the curve. What was it? Or uh, yeah. Uh, what was that? Spasty. Something the curve. I don't know. Spurn, not spurn. Spurn? I don't what? know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's an S word. I'm trying to, f- maybe it's not an S word. Hold on, I'm going to look it Yo, up here. I'm know. sure Google, sorry. Google knows. The, the, a particular search engine knows. <laughs> yeah, we're not, uh, we're not uh, sponsored, so we won't say any, any uh, is it f- product names. Is it flatten? <laughs> flatten the curve? Yeah, I guess flatten. That's not what I was thinking of, but. I don't think that's it, but. Um, flatten the curve. Either way, it was. I think it was. We're all gonna kind of get it eventually, but if we just keep the amount of people low, then hospitals then won't you know overload and people right. won't die or whatever. Anyway, nobody knew it was happening. I do think, and I'm just gonna say it. I just think it was just a lack of leadership, like, and I mean like political, but I don't know. Like there were just differing messages. Nobody knew. There was no one place. I guess there was. I guess the CDC. But even them, their messaging was inconsistent at best. And so nobody was, or everyone was confused. And so then it was like, well, if nobody's giving us solid information, we'll just go to our various places we get information from, uh, you know, our little pockets, and that's where we're going to stay. So I think the beginning of it was just botched, and so it botched the whole thing. Mm. Um, But yeah, but I do think, I mean, you said it, it made like, you know, interactions between nations i see i mean i think like individuals because i mean obviously differing political beliefs is one thing but then a pandemic is like people are concerned about literal safety you know what i mean and so now all of a sudden the volume is turned up because there's people dying and you know and so that's where like i mean i know like multiple people not like good friends or anything but acquaintances who've like who like aren't talking to their parents even still, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, because of like pandemic era, you know, disagreements and that kind of a thing. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, it it did, I just feel like it divided us from top to bottom. Yeah, I think yeah. <laughs> Not that we weren't already divided, but it just drove a stake even further. Right. Yeah, especially that like that family level, I think was really, um, was really interesting, because like interactions. I mean, sometimes interactions with family members is already tense to begin with because of sure you know where people are coming from, um, especially politically. But man, yeah. when people gathered in the middle of the pandemic or after, you know, lockdowns lifted or whatever, any yeah. interaction became so much more tense. Um, mm-hmm. And I'd say even volatile, like like you said, like mm-hmm. family members stopped talking to each other um, yeah, because, of it, because of this. And it was really... Um, yeah, it was really, really interesting um, to see that um, kind of happen. And, and I'm not even saying, like, I'm zooming out now, but, like, the tension did not come. It's not like it was one side causing it Sure. for sure, everyone yeah. else, right? It was it was coming from both sides, you know, whatever. Or, you know, not just both, but whatever side that you're, um, that you're, you yeah. find yourself in, in, in your political religious whatever um well there wasn't really a middle ground yeah no it was very much so one or the other exactly um and so it was coming from from all these different kinds of places and so i mean so it's hard to i'm not assigning blame to one you know sure um one element in that it's just the mix of all of that stuff just made for a sure yeah for a messy situation Yeah, so, I mean, it's a very depressing start to this conversation, I suppose. But I will say, (laughs) I mean, there were, you know, some, I guess, like you said, like, advances or whatever. Like, the the speed at which, you know, um, the medical community or the research community kind of put out, um, you know, the vaccine. Which I know, depending on, you know, where you are, you know, on that spectrum could also be that statement alone could might also be a, a <laughs> yeah. polarizing one but just even just logistically um yeah if you want to give the benefit of the doubt to you know to these um researchers or medical companies whatever yeah. i mean i do <laughs> so some would say that 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 you know that that was a a uh, like um, a picture of unity, I guess, on that front. Yeah, at least it was, yeah, mobilizing resources that way. So that was good. Well, and even just like, I don't know, the way that, I don't know, the creativity that we had to use, like in keeping things moving, you know what I mean? After it was like, oh, it's not just going to be 21 days. Like we have to learn how to live like this. You know what I mean? So obviously everything going remote and we'll talk a little bit more, I guess, about that yeah. later, but just like the advances that we quite literally had to make, you know, what is the, what's the phrase? Uh, limitation breeds creativity or something like that. Uh, I don't know if that's the phrase, but something like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, I mean, there were some good things and I, I think there still are some good things that have come from it. Um, 
But yeah, definitely interpersonally, it wasn't the yeah, not the best time. Interpersonally and and yeah, it was tough. Yeah. All right. I think that might Shall be a good on? segue into question two. Agreed. Question two, how has the pandemic, for example, automation or going remote for work, affected the way that we view humanity and human worth? Mm. Yeah, so I guess, yeah, how is like the responses that we had to, had to use to the pandemic? Yeah, yeah. how has that shaped us? Yeah. Which is interesting. I think there was an increased aware of just how communal humans are <clears throat> and how valuable sure. community is we'll talk about that in a lot more depth i think in the in the next episode um but mm -hmm. broadly speaking i think there was not that not that people didn't think humans needed community but i think yeah. the season of the pandemic when everything went remote um yeah when people were being advised not to gather you know, physically in, in groups to slow the spread, that sort of thing. Slow the spread, was that sure. it? Was that the phrase? Slow the spread is definitely one of them. Uh, I think there are multiple. Yeah. Once again, disunity in the message. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't work in marketing. Neither do I. Um, but yeah, there was an increased awareness, I think, of just how important that part of human existence, um, yeah. human existence is. Yeah, I guess it's, you don't know what you have until it's gone, because... You know, up until that point, you just hang out with anyone, do whatever you want. Mm. Mostly, I'm just trying to get away from people if you're an introvert. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but, like, you know, it, it truly was, it, you know, you saw, like, a couple people who were in your bubble, I remember. Mm. Remember that was the term, in your bubble. But then, like, besides them, it was just, like, bye, everybody. Which, yeah, I think it definitely does something to you. Um, yeah, just like basic life interactions were now changed. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like if you were people who didn't live like with your family, even if you lived close to your family, a lot of times you weren't like interacting with them much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Face to face. But yeah, so I mean, I'm not a you know sociologist, so I I don't know if I have any like definitive conclusions, but it definitely had an effect. You yeah. Know? I think, well, so we were both in classes at that time, right? When everything kind of first shut down and everything yes. switched to remote. Okay. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing about the pandemic. It actually helped my life. I know it was horrible for millions of people and, you know, people died, obviously, which is horrible. But I was commuting to work, then commuting to school, which was 50 minutes away, then commuting back to work, then commuting back home oh, yeah. every single day which was truly horrible. My day started at like 6, or like, I guess 7, 6.30, and then ended at like 7. Anyway, and then it's like, and I have homework on top of that. Right. So, so so it was a tough uh, tough time in my life. Here's the thing, I was doing it. We were, we were pulling it off. But then the pandemic, everything was just like, great, I can just sit in my room at home you know and i can log into work and i work and then class starts and i go to class and then i go back to work so for me it actually helped my life a bunch which that's like like one thing like with the pandemic is 
I don't know. It, like, remote work, I don't, it, like, it actually works sometimes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, and there's, like, you know, certain jobs that actually might be better in that type of environment. At least my life, my life got much less stressful because I didn't have to commute, like, three hours every day. Yeah. Um, which I guess you were commuting quite a, a ways to work yourself. Yeah. 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 Day. For me, work and um, school were kind of the same. But yeah, that that transition from, you know, being physically there to fully remote was just was a was a bit of a rocky one. And I think sure. most places, I think there were only, you know, f- there were very few organizations that really pivoted seamlessly into well, um, that. Sure. and I think usually it's because they had something like that already already in place yeah um, I mean sure. I know a lot of businesses didn't end up surviving um, sure through the pandemic sure. because of the way they couldn't pivot um, and yeah. because they relied so much on you know face-to-face interaction not only with their employees but the people they um, yeah. that they catered to or they served yeah and that that, totally. that context just overnight went away was so gone. what are you gonna yeah. do well yeah i remember the restaurant business was mm-hmm. like really rough right like you know right right from the start there were whole campaigns but, right to kind of support your your local businesses and restaurants yeah, local because restaurants there were the ones that were gonna be hit or there were hit the hardest yeah 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 no for sure yeah. What's interesting to me during that season was the language of essential workers. Um, mm. Mm. And I, I get the idea yeah. behind, you know, like essential in terms of, you know, what, who are the, what are the bare minimum positions that we need to keep yeah, things to going? To... Um, right. Yeah. And I get that, but I think that was the idea. Yeah. And I just find that interesting because it was a, it was I guess really putting a a label on something maybe that was in the that was always in the background of people's thinkings in terms of um, professions and occupations just just the 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 value of a position or um, sure. you know how valuable you were as a worker um, to sure. society as a whole that sort of thing <laughs> yeah no that's fair I had never thought about it that way yeah I guess to me it's like. Obviously, our society has a lot of, like, bells and whistles and frills. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where it's, like, like for instance, if a zombie apocalypse happens, it's, like, no one's going to be ordering online curriculum. <laughs> you know, I don't know, <laughs> which is what I do. So that's, like, yeah, I get what you're saying in the sense of it seems like we're putting a hierarchy on, on whose work is important. But then at the same time, it's like, yes, but I, I don't know. It's almost like uh, like when things get rough, that's not when you go out and party and, like, do all the fun things. You know what I mean? Right. It's like that's when you, like, like kind of close in and right. it's like, what do I need to make sure that I'm surviving? Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is, like, on a, you know, a national yeah. level what our country was doing. It was – we don't need these – random things not that they're not great and we love them because we obviously do love restaurants and we love you know everything maybe a little too much uh <laughs> but like your haircuts i remember that was the big thing oh, everyone yeah. is having a panic attack about not getting a haircut and it's like haircuts are great and i'm glad that you like them but 
Well, and and it was so uncertain then. Yeah. Uh, like how, we didn't know if it was spreading through physical contact right. uh, or obviously the air. Yeah. Yeah, or what it was. So it was like how long it was, you just, know, active. Yeah. yeah, those questions. Which I mean, this might just be part of my personality, but to me, it's like I guess better safe than sorry. Like I don't. I mean, I was I was the biggest person who was just hiding inside because I was like, I don't know what's happening out there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, that's my personality. And maybe people are pumped about. I don't know what people are pumped about, but you know, maybe it's harder for other people to be cautious. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, my, I mean, my initial reaction was just like, I'm, I'm going to go to the grocery store, like when I absolutely have to, to feed myself. And then that's probably it. And it's like, you know what I mean? That's what, and that's what I was doing. So I do, well, it was a political, you know, there's political differences in how people reacted. And then, you know, there were, uh, I guess like personality differences you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying because to me it's like i'm not gonna chance these things and i i mean i don't know if you remember but i guess two years before that i had had that hospital scare thing right. so it was like i don't know and i was still on medicine for that so i was like i don't know what's happening you know what i yeah. mean um anyway. yeah i think that was the diff like the most difficult like to your point like in your situation if if you you brought it up, I guess, but I'm not gonna dive into too many yeah. details. But no, yeah. like you don't know the backgrounds that people are coming from, and so many assumptions were made based on how people reacted to sure. this, and people were labeled sure. without understanding that. Um, sure. And so you know you know to kind of again hone in on how we view human worth and humanity and each other. You know, in this instance, um, yeah, so many people you know coined not coined the term, but like either pegged the other person as reckless based on the way they acted or, um, or as, um, fear mongers, living, living in fear, living in fear, (laughs) um, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. I mean, to your point from the previous section, like there was the gray area became smaller and smaller. Um, that it became a season of extremes. Um, but just to sorry, just to go back because you made a point earlier in terms of you brought in like the politics side of things. I think the the yeah. whole language of essential workers. I think that's what I find so interesting is because it wasn't decided from the ground up what was essential sure. for society to function. It was sure. um, from the top down, uh, and so sure. like how do we define essential workers? And then people were fitting in yeah. the categories that were determined politically. And sure. like they, they didn't make it, it checked boxes, but you know overall, I think sure. if you asked you know the the layperson or whatever, they probably would have said you know these certain you know um, jobs weren't as essential to keep the country going, but they fit the sure. you know the definition, um, and so they were able sure. to. Keep, uh, I don't know. I just think that's a, yeah. just an extra layer that is a, a pretty interesting in that conversation. Sure. I guess who I guess in my brain, essential worker was like obviously hospital people. Um, then like you know I guess like delivery stuff mm-hmm. I assume was probably essential. I don't know what else. What else was in that category? Food I, obviously industry, like I guess. food. Yeah, be, food. Yeah, in charge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like but even then, everything that has to do with infrastructure yeah. is obviously. But even with the food industry, like, right? Like you, there are so many different pockets within the food industry that you need that it can't be as broad as that 
Um, sure. Yeah, because it's like a local doing bar ice cream could shop. be part of the food and drink <laughs> yeah. industry, I guess, or the ice cream shop. Yeah, 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 yeah literally. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I mean, at the end of the day, somebody's got to make a decision. And I know we're a democracy, but we're also a republic. Mm-hmm. And so it's like we've elected these people to make these decisions. So please make the decision mm-hmm. well. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting. I think I think my biggest beef, and I guess this is back to the kind of the first question that we talked about, but maybe we can shoehorn it into this one, is I just feel like they're – there wasn't a good like vision, which maybe that's weird church talk, but like there wasn't a good vision for what we were trying to do in this pandemic. You know what I mean? Like nobody was on the same page. Um, I don't don't know. And then, yeah, to your point, because everybody was on a different page, it's like, well, you know, you're infringing on my freedoms or, you know, you're not taking this somebody. Yeah, literally. So yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think, yeah, we were, maybe it enabled us to treat our neighbor, you know, as the enemy, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, obviously even in scripture, Jesus said that we should love our enemies, um, even when we think they're doing things that are detrimental to us, um, which is obviously very difficult and, you know, it doesn't mean that you just let people, you know, attack you or anything, but, but at the same time, I don't even think we were trying to love each other. You know what I mean? It wasn't It wasn't that we were having a tough time figuring out how to love each other. It was that nobody was trying, <laughs> you know. We weren't even putting forth an effort to see the humanity in each other. So, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was definitely interesting. interesting to me is there was a small i don't even know how there were so many videos popping up on youtube articles or blog posts being written during this time from extremes yeah but there was an interesting pocket of conversations happening about the value of the elderly in all of this um because obviously they were the usually the most most at risk yeah the most at risk in this in this season uh, and it was in the context of like how how much do we shut down, um, sure to try to say these um, other. Yeah. And there were arguments about well, they lived full lives and whatever. It was just very interesting <laughs> to to ha- to yeah. read those and listen to and and watch those conversations um, yeah. happening, which in which normally I think would be at the level of theory and hypothetical situations, sure. right? Yeah, but yeah. we got placed in this, like, in the season right. that we were in, and it became a very yeah. real conversation that sure. um, that came to the forefront uh, of some of these pockets. 
And I sure. thought that was really interesting. I don't know. I just No, yeah. yeah. Well, there were a lot of conversations on how like how yeah, just weighing the consequences of the response with the consequences of the pandemic itself. Um yeah, people just had different different thoughts about what should be like how much we should respond. Uh and if if we respond in this way, it'll actually be more catastrophic, you know. Mm-hmm. Um which, you know, I'm not an economist or an a vi- virologist, virologist. I don't not know. Not an economist nor the son of an economist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't know, but well, I think that's the other thing, and maybe we've talked about this in other podcasts, but all of a sudden everybody became an, a medical <laughs> expert. And it's like nobody's a medical expert, man. If you didn't go to college and then go to med school, and then I don't know what people have to do in med school, but you know, do the thing that you have to do, then you can say that you're a medical expert. But then you know, everybody had 17 ideas on how we should – medical expert, econ- like economist. You know, it wasn't – now everyone's an expert in all areas. Anyway, so – neither here nor there i guess we need to land this yeah. plane <laughs> well maybe just one more point on this and because we brought it up yeah. like in framing the question it was the idea of expendability right we brought in like the, the automation sure. piece of things because there were like a ton of articles like with with work right there were a ton of like articles jobs, written yeah. about um because people were being you know laid off um because of the pandemic not even just yeah. told to go remote but I guess that was part of yeah. it too, but there was just an increase in automation. Um, sure. Like I, I, well, and there will continue to be right. in the world, especially with this AI stuff we were talking about mm-hmm. offline. It's like, that's just going to keep happening. Yeah. <laughs> right. So like there was, um, I think that's something that really is going to be at the forefront of the discussions about like, you know, society moving forward is how, how are we yeah, going to deal with fit. automation? Um, because yeah. it's, it's benefit. It's benefiting one area of people, right? So people involved in STEM, because all the this yeah, the sure. funding and research and all the stuff is going to go into that area. But sure, automation is meant to replace the human worker, or ideally, it's sure. meant to. You know, if we're going to put as positive of a of an understanding and on automation as possible, it's meant to aid the human worker in doing the job better, more efficiently, what sure. have you. Um, right. But effectively it's going to cancel out the need for a human worker. Yeah, certain jobs. Yeah. That's the inevitable Which has result. already been a, th- a thing that's happened. I remember when self-checkouts became, like, more prevalent at grocery stores. It was like, you know, mm-hmm. or not just grocery stores, but, like, you know, Target or yeah. whatever. As it's, you know, everybody was, like, having a panic attack because, you know, baggers weren't going to have jobs yeah. anymore. And, like, to a certain extent, I get that. But then also, I mean, think about it. I mean, those bagger people have they found, you know, they found other jobs. I think, I guess to me is we, when these changes come, which they always have and throughout history, you know, it's just changes, these changes come, changes in technology, um, which make, you know, certain, you know, where's the blacksmith? We phased the blacksmith out of life. <laughs> you know, we don't need swords and spears anymore. A man is unemployed. No, but, uh, So, you know, people, jobs get phased out. The question is, are we going to take care of people who are put in vulnerable positions Mm. by those changes? Or are we just going to say free market or, you know, I don't know what people say, but it's just like, you know, figure it out. And it's, you know, you're just left alone to fend for yourself. 
And I guess that's, yeah, you know, whatever method you think that we should do to care for people in vulnerable situations, and maybe they've been put there by automation or, you know, any number of factors. I hope that our goal is whatever the method is to help people in those situations. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, and then maybe, you know, maybe down the line, which this is a very utopian look, which I don't expect, but, you know, maybe tons of these things that none of us want to do are automated. And then, you know, everybody's jobs are like, you know, creative or, you know, some, something more that you'd want to do. You know Everyone's I mean? just writing uh, music. Work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> Anyways, obviously that's a little bit ridiculous, but you know why not? Yeah. Um, if we if we decided to leverage yeah. it in a way that didn't just trample on people, but mm -hmm. you know actually helped. I think we see the people in the worst situations. Right. I think we do see, you know, instances of humanity's capacity to think that way. Um, yeah. But as we've talked about in other podcasts, it's a it's a lot easier and it's a lot more common for humanity to go the opposite direction um yep. and either panic at the expense of um others yeah of others or uh, they just don't even think of others um that's, sure. that's a it's an easier position yeah. to fall into and it takes a lot more work yeah. to be um um not just focused on right. you and yours right yeah yeah, yeah. well this has been a great conversation, been, at least for me. Yeah, we'll continue on the, the conversation about um, about community, which I know we both raised as a as an important part of all this. Uh, we'll we'll talk about it in the uh, the next episode. Thanks for listening to another episode. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do so on Patreon. It's just www.patreon.com/slash/questions-from-the-pew. If you can't support us financially, please give us a good rating or review on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on, and that will help others find our podcast. Also, please comment and ask questions. You can do that by following and messaging us on Facebook or Instagram. You can also leave us a short voice message or text message at 312-725-2995. If you do leave a voicemail, please keep it under 30 seconds and tell us your name and where you're from. We'd love to include your voicemail in our Q&R episodes, but if you prefer for us not to, just let us know and we'll include your question in another way and without giving your information. The same goes for any messages you send us on social media or through text. This has been Questions from the Pew, a podcast in the World Outspoken Network. To learn more about World Outspoken and its mission to prepare the Mestizo Church for cultural change, visit www.worldoutspoken.com. For questions from the pew, I'm Riker Zalameta. I'm Lucas Manning. We'll see you next time. Bye.